Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Got some exciting news before we get started with the podcast. If you've been to our website in the last couple of years, prayingman.com, we appreciate it. We appreciate all the support there. Uh, But we are going to be moving. And we are, John and I have been working uh, diligently the last, oh gosh, few months on a brand new website. Uh, And this will be launched very soon. So stay tuned. If you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or obviously just check the site from time to time, Praying Man, uh, we will have all of the new launch information for you very, very soon. So we'll keep you up to date. Uh, we'll give you uh, updates as they come along. But as of right now, if things are looking really good, uh, the new website's got a whole new look to it, brand new products, uh, different feel completely than what we have right now. Uh, the current website, Praying Man, will still be available and up. We're just going to switch around uh, some of the offerings, and you're going to see brand new offerings on that website as well. So if you don't follow us on Instagram um, or Facebook, please do. Uh, we are at Praying Man Apparel. And then obviously with some of the new changes, we, we may have another page uh, for you guys to check out as well um, on the social side of things. So stay tuned. Exciting, cool new stuff coming, all available to you guys very, very soon. So with that being said, we got a really fun podcast. We sat down with Dustin Stansbury. Uh, he is of Down to Fish uh, Guide Service. He's up out of uh, the Northwest, Pacific Northwest, Washington and Oregon. Uh, he fishes the Columbia a lot, the Willamette. We wanted to talk to him as he's been a guide for many, many years, and we wanted to get his input on different fishing etiquette uh, issues that he runs into, not only from guides, but from clients, other boaters, bank fishermen, you name it. Uh, it's a really fun conversation, and it was really enlightening to hear uh, the perspective of a guide and how he sees things in today's environment. So sit back, relax. We really appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Enjoy. Yeah. Figured, given your um, extensive time on the water now in the last, you know, twenty years, you got probably lots of stories. Yeah. So, yeah, and by by extensive, you mean um, how many people I've pissed off? Yeah, <laughs> we'll start there. <laughs> we called you oh, because yeah, we figured, yeah, we figured don't, you were okay, the worst offender. <laughs> this is the whole reason you had to get a brand new boat so people don't recognize you. <laughs> Right, exactly, and I'm not going to put my name on this one either. I'm keeping it low-key. All right, well, let's start there. Um, Okay. So how's the boat coming along? It's uh, supposed to be – I'm supposed to get it on Saturday. I haven't heard anything different than that, so that's what I'm planning on. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited about that. What boat are are you having done? I'm getting a 28-foot River Wild Confluence. Um, it's similar to what I had before, but I'm going back to a tiller instead of, uh, I had a center console on my last boat Okay. and I'm getting rid of the console and going back to a tiller and add a couple more feet, you know, what, you know, if you're going to order a new one, you might as well do that, I guess. Yeah. 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 Was that the, was there a reason you got the center console? Uh, um, on your last well, boat? for rough water, it's really nice to run the center console. Oh, I mean, okay. I love running it, but it's it's just in the way once you're fishing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just a pinch point in the boat. And, uh, 
I mean, if if I always say like people are like, oh my god, you're going back to uh, a tiller, and I'm I'm like, I love running the console, but if I can make that sucker disappear once we start fishing, then I would have that. But they they don't make a go go gadget uh, <laughs> yeah. um, center console <laughs> right now, so um, I got to go back to the tiller, and I'll just have to keep off the throttle a little bit because anybody that saw me out there. I was pretty much wide open with the console <laughs> hauling everywhere. So you might um, be onto something there with a twenty-eight foot boat. You might be able to make a like a disappearing console in the floorboard. Right, right. I mean, you might. Yeah, you might want yeah. to write something on a I mean, napkin. Got to get the engineers on that. You the, know, I mean, do you guys know any good ones? <laughs> yeah. With the things that they can do with RVs and camp trailers right now, and how everything just disappears. That's true. Like, there's got to be a way to to, to that's make true. A, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so were you surprised, um, given, cause I, you know, I follow you and, 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 you know, check, check you out on, on Facebook and, and all, yeah. all of your social media platforms, of course. Yes. Uh, but was the, uh, the used boat, um, <laughs> I guess the used boat market, was it surprising when you sold yours based on what you, yeah. what you probably what you bought it for? Yeah, it, it really was, um. I, you know, yeah, it, I've never lost money on a boat, which is crazy to get to use them and then sell them for what you bought them for originally or more. I mean, granted, every boat ends up costing me more money than what the other one did, but mm-hmm. you know, it all works out pretty good. And I mean, the wife's like, you're ridiculous. <laughs> She's giving me the, the line about being ridiculous. I've always, or, you know, not always. I mean, this is only my third my third boat but um you know the first one i got of course was like oh this will be the last one <laughs> <laughs> you know i promise yeah. like let me have my dream boat yeah. and then you know 4 years later i'm ordering the new dream boat and then uh you know 4 years after that i'm ordering the next dream boat so now i don't tell her it's the last one <clears throat> because i learned my lesson on that so um <laughs> but when you can you know when they when you don't get hurt on any of them. I mean, it's a totally opposite of a truck, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you buy a vehicle, you're just lo- you're just throwing money out the window. On the boat, so far for me, knock on wood, it hasn't been that. So, upgrading's been mm-hmm. fairly painless. So, so it's nice on that on that end. That's 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 sweet, man. Yeah, I, you know, as far as the console thing, I mean, my so my dad he <laughs> he hauled all the way out here from Wisconsin. Uh, his boat, because he moved to Colorado and he just didn't think he was going to use it very much, so he he actually hauled it out here. And it's it's same thing. It's a tiller, not nearly as big as what you got. It's just it's a you know it's a it's a Midwest lake boat. But um, yeah, gosh, it's crazy how many everybody I take in that boat. It is the same thing. You just have so much room in there. Yeah, I mean, if, especially if you're yeah. you know if you're fly fishing or something like that, or just have a third right. guy, third guy's not a problem in the boat. Um, yeah, which you've obviously experienced so all right so um without further ado obviously uh thanks for joining the program already in progress but we are joined uh, there's a third person online that's a new one for us it is as of late it is and it's not nate it's not nate (laughs) no (laughs) all right so dustin uh just give us the uh elevator pitch uh who you are what you like to do in your free time when you're not um driving caravans of children to uh, softball games. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I, uh, Oh, what I like to do in my free time. 
um i mean definitely hunting and fishing are are you know top uh top of the uh order you know um hunting wise you know archery hunt uh rifle hunt um i'm gonna have a muzzleloader i don't really do that that much but just enjoy the outdoors and and hunting all together i mean if there was a rock season i'd probably hunt with a rock too might as well um <laughs> but uh but yeah you know i mean i i i still fish for um you know for work and then still do it for fun too and uh and then hunt you know so the fall hunt the fall um and kind of take the winter off i really don't fish a whole lot in the winter um mainly just go see kids sports and all that stuff and then kick my fishing season back off in the spring and then basically run it all the way through summer and uh early fall and then basically i kind of end my hunting se- or my fishing season around you know early October to start rifle hunting for deer. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my year. Nice. So you and I met, oh gosh, it's funny. Cause every once in a while I run across the, uh, the picture of my first Roosevelt elk, which you were, <laughs> you were very instrumental in helping me get. <laughs> yeah. A little bit, a little bit to do with that. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Other than yeah. actually, I think, pulling the trigger on my release you pretty much did everything so yeah. yeah that was that was a fun that was a fun hunt for sure mm-hmm. yep so you were you actually how we met um you had you started uh archery pro shop yep. that was gosh dude that's a long time ago yeah it was like 2005 mm-hmm. yeah yeah 2005 and um so i don't know if yeah. like you and i have ever really sat down and talked about that but um what was the kind of the genesis behind that? Was it just the fact that nobody else had? So keep in mind, so we're, we're located in Oregon. You yourself are located in, uh, well, your pro shop anyway at the time was in, um, was it in Skeppers? Rainier. It was in Rainier. Okay. Rainier. Yeah, okay. Rainier. Yeah, we were in Northwest Oregon and uh, um, there wasn't much around us. You know, you had a couple shops in Portland. Mm-hmm. Um, so the coast was really underserved. Um, and we're, you know, Rainier's like right on highway 30. So, um, and th- there was a, you know, a, um, a sporting goods store in, in Longview that had an archery shop, but they really just didn't have, um, at the time a great pro shop. So it was a needed thing in the area. And, uh, me and Corey Miller partnered up and, uh, started triple X archery. And, um, I did that with him until I think it was like 2013, and then uh, Corey took it over from me, and I went off and to do other things. And um, then that's when I started guiding actors right after that too. So um, I still worked a full time job, and then and got into the guiding then in like 2013, 2014. Were you doing quite a bit of fishing um, while you had the shop? Did you kind of know yeah. that that's kind of where your you were your direction was headed? Yeah, actually, um, yeah, I did you know basically then my kids were pretty young. And, uh, if I wasn't working in the shop or, you know, having to watch the kids and I was out on the river, you know, fishing, um, actually you, you and your wife came out and we like had a really good Springer day one day. I remember that we did, we did um, we had a really good, time. I, that picture pops up every once in a while with you and <laughs> your like gun, gun pose, <laughs> your gun pose with the fish. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a funny uh, Springers one. are shaped a little different than uh, walleye and perch. So I can, <laughs> yeah. I can see why yeah. he struggled in that regard. 
I kept yeah, putting the tail forward. That was, that was very bad. That's that's one thing up here is we do have really good walleye fishing, but I just cannot get into it, man. That's all right. We'll um, cut all this part out. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm still, I don't okay. I like, so I like to fight things that actually fight, not just a wet sock reeling it in. You know, so that's kind of my. You're thing. right. It's terrible. It stinks. Nobody should, <laughs> nobody should attempt it. Uh, right. Leave it alone. Right. Leave it alone. You know what? I believe the trip that you're referring to, though, uh, when Odessa and I went with you, uh, I'm pretty sure we tried to commandeer a Canadian goose that had been separated from set, separated from its its uh, flock, uh, which we, of course, found out that that was pretty highly illegal at that at that time, um, and still is. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> that that was. Um someone shot it right and it's floating down river or something like that. And we <laughs> scooped it up. Was that, that it I, was, I, uh, that. I don't think it was shot, but it was just this random, um, gosling wasn't doing hot. It wasn't doing <laughs> so good. And there was, we looked around, there was no other geese, you know, adult <laughs> geese or anything for that matter around. So Dessa, of course, is like, Oh, we should take it home. We'll nurse it back to, to health. I think we named it Clark Griswold. <laughs> um, and, uh, she, so, you know, full disclosure, you know, she, she, she talked to some state agent and they're like, yeah, you, you probably shouldn't have that, uh, in your possession without <laughs> some sort of, uh, well, you're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. The best uh, of intentions. We did. Uh, we did. We did. We did. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> well, listen, I know it's, it's, uh, it's late and you, uh, just got back from, uh, from another softball game. So we'll, we'll jump into it here. Uh, yeah. last, so yeah, last episode, we talked a lot about hunting etiquette and good Lord. I'm sure you could probably drop some knowledge on us there too, but given your, again, your extensive fishing background and the fact that you've been a guide, which is kind of another reason we wanted to talk to you. Cause you get, you know, you get to see all kinds of, uh, of etiquette issues probably from, from folks that are, yeah, for sure. yeah uh, all over the spectrum. So we're just going to jump in and, and kind of just talk about some of the things, some of the more egregious things, some of the more common things that you see and in VC. Um, but let's just start from at the boat ramp. Where, where's the biggest, <laughs> what's the biggest glaring etiquette issue you see at the boat ramp? Oh, hands, hands. Well, there, there's a lot of things at the boat ramp. I mean, <laughs> if you want some entertainment, you know, go down there on a sunny, like, like the first sunny day of the summer, you know, and just like watch the, watch the show. Um, but for me, there's a couple things, um, that, you know, if you pull up to the ramp, you better be ready to launch your boat, you know, like have, it's not time to like, you know, tie, tie your buoys on or whatever. You got to be ready to like, ready to roll when you pull up to the ramp. And then, um, there's, the, the other thing too is a lot of these ramps don't have a lot of tie off space, you know, mm. down on the dock and you have some people that are just hogging up dock space, sitting there like <laughs> tying rods up or rigging stuff and whatever, you know, and, and that's all fine and dandy as long as there's open dock space for people that to drop their boats. But once there's like no more dock space, you got to pull out and right. and go throw an anchor or something because it just gets to be a nightmare you know, when there's no, no place where a single person, you know, to back their boat in and then tie their boat off so they can go park their truck, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, another one too, is just turning your headlights off when you, you know, if it's dark, mm-hmm. you know, turning your headlights off before you back down the ramp. So it doesn't blind everybody that's trying to back a trailer into a dark ramp. 
Um, so you're fishing. What, what fishery are you mainly spending your time in here? I'm mostly a salmon and steelhead fisherman. Uh, we do do some sturgeon too, but uh, uh, um, like what the uh, seasons are so limited on that. that yeah. What we body, don't get to do it. That what much. body of water are you guiding mostly? Oh, I'm mostly Columbia and Willamette rivers. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so like, correct me if I'm wrong, but to put it in perspective, when, when we're talking like boat ramp scenarios on an area like that, there's hundreds of boats, you know, trying. Yeah, to there get, can be. It, it all depends in. on. Yeah. It just depends on the ramp. Yeah. You know, like yeah. when you're doing like buoy 10 down in Astoria, it's an absolute nightmare down there. You know, it's just a lot of people coming to fish a, you know, and in Astoria, there's, let's see, like one, two, there's really only like three boat ramps on the Oregon side for that whole area. And, you know, there'll be a thousand, over a thousand boats down there, you know, each day. So, you know, do the math. It's a lot of, a lot of action at the boat ramp. Um, and, uh, some, some ramps are bigger than others, you know, some are, um, well, like there's one single, single ramp, you know, so that one's pretty dang slow because it's only one ramp. And then, um, there's another one that's a double and then there's another one that's a quadruple, yeah. but, um, they all have their, their issues. Um, Do you yeah, think that's just so, because people, uh, they're, I mean, like they're folks that only fish once or twice a year and they just don't really get with the program they don't they don't realize what they're doing you think it's just being naive or honestly down there i would say that most i don't i don't see nearly the amount of uh of people with issues down there just because it is a like it's a it's serious water down there so for the most part i would say a lot of the people that go down there are fairly experienced just because a lot of people don't want to deal with that headache down there. You know, it's intimidating, you know, it's intimidating area, Mm. you know, the, the mouth of the Columbia down there's like five miles wide. So, you know, it, and there's a lot of sandbars and, um, obstacles and stuff that, you know, you just can't, that's an area that you can't just go and run across the river because just because you see water doesn't mean it's deep enough for you to get across it. And, yeah. I mean, we see that all the time, you know, every, every year, right by the, by the 101 bridge there, there's, uh, um, or the, uh, the Astoria bridge there, there's, you know, somebody goes to ground and gets stuck out there and then mm-hmm. tie goes out and they're, you know, 300 yards from the water, Ooh. you know, it's, that's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been people that have been hurt doing that too. Let's go, you know? uh, let's go clamming guys. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. There's, sh- there's right. shows everywhere. Let's hop out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So when we're talking about the boat ramp scenario, do yep. you find, and this is going to be kind of a common thread question probably throughout this conversation, but is the, are, are the guides, do they seem to be more, we should, we should disclose you, you do, you do a lot of guiding as, as well as pleasure fishing, but, um, are the guides more patient with other guides or just the whole scenario than say weekend warriors or is it, are the guides and, and again, I'm sure there's exceptions to all these rules, but you know, who, who's got the most grace and shows the most grace. Is it, is it the guides themselves or is it the folks that I are would, like, Hey, we're, we're, I would say, honestly, it's, it's more this, the normal sportsmen are probably the more reasonable. They're, to be blatantly honest, there's a lot of entitled guides out there that think that they own the place and, uh, do stupid stuff and, and, uh, 
uh, you know, I, I've been guilty of calling them out for hogging up spots on the dock when they shouldn't be. I mean, cause I mean, the dock's supposed to be only a 15 minute tie up, you know, and, and it's no big deal as long as there's nobody else around and there's spots available, then take all the time you need. But, you know, just have the common courtesy to like, look up there. And if you see like a line going out of the parking lot and there's no place to tie up, then let common sense be your guide and get the heck out of the way so that, you know, you, you don't, uh, you know, so that you, you know, just kind of look out for the other guy. Right. You know I mean? Just like, I don't know. It seems like real simple and it's not rocket science, but some people really have a, I don't know, like an entitlement and, uh, yeah. Well, you're right. I mean, I, and again, guilty is charged, you know, back in the day, but you, you, sometimes you get, you shove off and you're in the boat or, or, you know, whatever the scenario is you're working on the trailer or something and you get, you get so focused on whatever you're doing. Yeah. All of a sudden six, seven minutes go by and you look up to your point and you're like, Oh man, <laughs> I gotta get right. out of here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I get it. I get it. And I, and I assume that that that's no, I, I got to imagine that only compounds when you get into some of these, these more popular fisheries fisheries. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, the other thing, like, you know, how I said that, uh, down in Astoria, um, I don't see it nearly as much, but down there I launch ridiculously early cause I don't want to deal with any, um, uh, any of the, I don't like waiting in line. <laughs> I hate waiting in line. So I'll literally launch at three 30 in the morning and, and just sit out there and wait until, you know, daylight to come back in and pick up my clients. So, um, so I just, I just do my best to avoid all the, the potential drama at the, at the ramp and just get in on the water early and, and go tie off or, or, uh, um, throw the anchor and just sit out there and wait for, for daylight, you know, that, that reminds me. Okay. So I got a question for you. So, yeah. Um, are you fishing on anchor? generally down in that area or are you trolling? no no that's all trolling that's all trolling um you know and up even up here for like spring chinook i mean if 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 i control that's that's what i prefer to do okay. the only time i ever anchor is if it's like super high water and uh off color water and i'll be like right up next to the bank you know where the, the fish get pushed over but yeah in any you know for for sam and i prefer to troll um, some, some in, during summer Chinook, I like, I have some spots that I like to, you know, to, to anchor and, uh, you know, that's kind of nice and relaxing fishing, you know, just letting them come to you. But on the spring, I'm generally, generally on the troll. Gotcha. So, uh, man, it was a while. It was a long time ago. I went fishing with a guy. We were fishing below Bonneville and we were fishing for summer steelhead. And I think he... He essentially, I mean, it, we're, we launched at the fishery, or he launched at the fishery. He picked us up there. But I think it was one of those deals where he he did this same kind of thing. He launched at like 3 o'clock or some, sometime really early, and then he came and he picked us up. Then once he got us, he motored upstream to a spot where, you know, up there they got the, you know, the Columbia The River. buoys. Yeah. Yep, yeah. With the, yep. with, the big boop, with the big buoy. and. Yep he hooked up to it and we started fishing. Now, is there like a, an etiquette thing there with how long do you leave your stuff in the river or like, yeah, can you, can you get on anchor too early and kind of like claim the spot? Because 
we were on the X, and he knew it. And yeah. there was literally three boats on the uh, river right side of us and three boats on the river left. And there was only two or three boats catching fish <laughs> that day. You know, we yeah. were in the right depth of water. We were in the lane. And, uh, he, you know, he kind of – he was proud of himself for – getting the yeah. spot i could tell but i was like well, well he was probably sleeping there honestly that like up he there, was that's what a he lot was. of people that's, that's what he said that's what that's what yeah, he said that's... he was sleeping there and he's like yeah i was sleeping out here all night <laughs> yeah. in my in the back of my head you know i was like well that's kind of like i don't know i don't know if it's like setting your duck decoys out <laughs> you know no, two I days mean, that's... before a season kind of you know and like claiming your yeah, spot that's i don't know what, i mean that's your totally i that? I would say that that's that's totally ethical. I mean, if you're going to put the time into to camp there, you know, and whatever. But the whole like the, the where I've heard people having a problem is if they like try to put their buoy out, you know, in the evening one night and then come back in the morning. Like that's a no go. Like that's not that's not cool. Um, you know, I mean, you basically got to yeah, got to camp on it. Um, but you know, there's no rule to that. I mean, literally, if you camp there and then you're gone with going picking up your clients, and someone slides in there and puts their anchor, I mean, you're kind of that's kind of just like a gentleman's agreement on that too. You know, I mean, it's still kind of it's definitely all gray area. But you know, you you fit. We all fish for fun, right? And who wants to get into some pissing match with someone over something stupid like that? You know. Um, okay. I so, know it happens. I know it happens, but, uh, yeah. So, so with that, with that said, and you know, I've known you for, for quite a while, you know, you're a pretty mild mannered guy and generally will probably, like you said, you know, you will, you'll, uh, turn the other cheek and, you know, move on and find another spot. But so what, you know, you, what, <laughs> what is it that you get, gets you like, where do you put your foot down when there's some sort of uh, break in, in etiquette or, or again, the, the unspoken rules of fishing? Um, you know, what is it with you that really kind of sticks in your craw? Like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not letting this go. Is there anything out there um, that, that really bothers you? Uh, one, one thing for me, and it's kind of a newer thing that's been happening. Uh, um, there's kind of a new thing that's, I mean, it's when I say new, it's, you know, like I'd say in like the last five or six years, but people have figured out that bank fishing, but they're using like kayaks or boats to go drop their lines out deeper, you know? Um, and like up here on the Columbia, like down where you guys are at, it's probably not a thing, but up here, you know, they, they'll, they'll run out, you know, like a hundred yards and they'll drop their, their gear out there at a hundred yards, but they spread, you know, they'll, they can use, you can use three hooks. So they'll spread their offerings out, you know, like six or nine feet in between. So they get it like basically one, one bank rod can cover what like a boat does, you know? So like if they're running wobblers, you know, in the fall or, or even spinning glows, they can spread them out and basically cover a bunch of, bunch of ground. And, you know, a lot of times they're, they're setting up in the same areas that trollers would fish in the past. And that ends up being quite the, uh, um, potential for, you know, altercations, you know, where like, and even like trollers that are trying to do the best they can, you know, cause like how I do it is like, Oh, can you cast this far? You know, I'll just kind of skirt out, you know, as far as I think someone can cast, but when they're running lines out, you know, you just don't know. And they're taking up, 
they're hogging up a bunch of water for their one rod, you know, and it's that's kind of just, I mean, that's one that really irks me, you know. All right. So take uh, us, take us through that scenario. If you're, if you're trolling and you hook up with somebody that's obviously run out with their kayak and set their line from the bank. So how does that, how does that go? And is, is that become more of a, a common well, I'm, thing? I'm where, not the one, I'm not, I'm not the one that's going to free spool and let them reel my <laughs> stuff. And let's put it that way. You know, I, I, I mean, if they want me to let, you know, if they want to, um, and I use heavy gear, so like I, I you know, I, uh, if we want to get into a tugging match, <laughs> I think I'm going to win. But you know, I'm also not a jerk. Like whenever I do tangle with anybody else, you know, it happens. Even trolling, you know, sometimes you get a hook a hot fish and get into gear or whatever. Um, you know, I always try to cut my stuff off and leave their stuff intact, you know, or whatever, you know, just to you know, the last thing you want to do is take anybody off especially with your name and phone number on the side of your boat you know so mm-hmm. um and you know most most guys are pretty chill but i have seen the bank the bank guy, bank and boat you know there's definitely a a headbutt thing going on you know a lot you of think times you're better than me right you know i mean the i'm just gonna say it the bank maggots kind of have a little <laughs> Oh, uh, but no, it's, you know, the, the whole kayaking thing has changed it. So it's, it's just not so cut and dry, but I mean, even when I go by them, you know, I'm at like their line angle coming off their rod to try to figure out like, you know, to make my best guess of how far out they are, you know, cause obviously there's fish there and I want to fit, you know, I want to fish in the area. So, you know, you try to try to figure out where they're at and and then if they're out too far then you just have to take it wide around them and then cut back in and you know avoid them and sometimes it just changes your troll you know if you're if they're fishing in an area then you just might not run up as far as you normally would you know and you just go in below them and do your thing but i'm not out i'm not out there to try to to get into a argument or anything like that but sometimes it does happen just (laughs) naturally (laughs) Well, especially like, uh, so do you see that more with fall chinook? Are guys doing that with fall chinook fishing? Uh, or yeah, stringers? I mean, but yeah. they're doing it. They do it in the spring too. And yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I like, I like bank fishing too. And when it's high water, it's super effective. Yeah. And that's the one annoying thing is when they're running their stuff out. I'm like, dude, You're out you can far. catch them right on the bank. Yeah, Trust me. Like, I believe me, you don't need to be coming all the way out here. Like, yeah. Yeah. if I could, I'd be trolling on the bank right there. You know, like in there. Right. You know, so you know, there's some something about that. Oh, the big fish run deeper, whatever. You know, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it is. It is what it is. Have you seen an increase in population with wreck fishermen uh, over the last five, ten years, or is it relatively the same? You think the same bunch of guys out there? You know, that's what's funny about uh, ODF and W and all of them. You know, saying that like we're. Uh, shrinking you know for hunting and fishing and it sure as heck seems like there's more doesn't it um (laughs) the one thing i will say on the well and this is true for hunting too is that there is just so much information out there nowadays that if you are like a reader or or even just a good listener or um pay attention there's so much info out there that you can be pretty dang effective if you just stick with the program of what some people tell you you know like yeah. information is available 
all you got to do is go out there and, and soak it up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm sure you've, you know, like the Western hunting, I mean, we're kind of switching gears here on hunting, but man, oh man, has things changed in the last, you know, five or six years, mm -hmm. you know, as far as, um, what tags you're able to get and, and the amount of pressure in certain areas, you know, mm -hmm. um, Oh yeah. Yeah. We, we've seen man, it. Has it changed. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, we went from getting, have be able to get multiple tags in a state at a particular state and like just go into the store and buy them when we got over there and then harvest something and then go in and buy another tag and then go harvest another one too. Now it's like I'm buying them in July for, or, or no, I'm buying them in January for the following year or December yeah. buying them in December for the following year. You know, it's like, it's just nutty just nutty so on that same topic of of the, the amount of information that's out there do you see and again just call it an etiquette question but do you have do you is it is it a is it a common occurrence daily when you're out there that guys are rolling up they're like so catching anything and just kind of drilling yeah. drilling down on it for you for information yeah um how do you feel about that dustin yeah i don't i you know a lot of times i don't think honestly a lot of people aren't asking the right questions to be honest and i'm not one to lie um so you know i mean lying goes with fishing for a lot of people but um you know so like if someone asks me like how's it going or whatever i'm honest i just tell them what it is you know if i got a couple or whatever i'll say we got a couple but um i'd say there's probably more people that are like don't talk at all you know like are just kind of the hmm. look and wave or, or, tight. Yeah, or just, just don't talk you know much you know but um and i i'm probably more like that too i mean like i you know like you can tell like when you're next to someone that's um having a really good time or whatever you know and you know especially like in like another guide boat and i'll be like oh, are you guys getting them you know just trying to you know set the tone or mood or whatever and you know um you know, but you know, the, the last thing you want to do too, is like when you are getting them and like another guide boat comes and you can kind of tell like on the guide's face that they're not having that great of a day. And they're like, Oh, you got them. And like the last, I hate, it's just like cringe when it's like, Oh yeah, we got a couple, you know? And they're like, Oh, we haven't had nothing, you know, or whatever. Yeah. You know, that's like, uh, <laughs> you know, that's like a bummer, you know, like, cause you want everyone to have a good time and you, you know, the, you know, the dude's trying his best or whatever. And you know, make them bite unfortunately yeah you your know you really it. suck Don't you, <laughs> yeah, you see this right. number on my boat <laughs> call it next yeah. time no. yeah yeah <laughs> all yeah. right how, you there yeah yeah i'm here all right sorry i thought, thought we lost you how close is too close uh in regards to trolling down there you know we get pretty dang close um you know i would say i mean as long as your just rods aren't tangling but you know like i don't know 10 feet but no kidding. you know everything's that's crazy. yeah you know from side to side yeah i mean and i'm talking outside of rod tip to rod tip you know yeah you know like i feel pretty confident at that um but every place is different you know, like buoy 10 in certain areas you're getting pretty dang close like sometimes on the flood when the current's really pushing in from the ocean you know you'll be pretty dang close tight with other people um you know, on the outgoing, generally you're not, you know, generally there's pretty good spacing. Same thing up here, spring chinook fishing. There's generally plenty of space, but 
like up here in the fall, there's a fishery like right above the mouth of the Lewis. It's very, very popular. It's gotten very popular. And I mean, it is literally bumper boats. It's, yeah, it's, it's literally bumper boats. And that does bring me to one other etiquette thing is, you know, like there's, there's areas that have like a routine and everybody just needs to when in Rome, do what Romans do and see what the pattern is and figure it out and don't try to go against it. You know, like in that area, there's kind of like a, you know, on the inside you're going up river and then you hook around and come on the outside, you know, in the deeper part of the river and then hook around and then go right back in. And, you know, like, it's like a big, you know, like a merry-go-round and mm. inevitably you'll have somebody that's wanting to go the wrong way. <laughs> and it just, you know, like, you got, I mean, it gets crazy. It gets crazy, you know, and it's, that fishery is just not even, not even fun in my opinion, just because of that. Well, um, yeah. I mean, usually the trouble doesn't really present itself when you guys are all in line and you're trolling, right? It's it's when somebody hooks up and then everybody has to right. adjust, right? Well, and and part of it is like the guys that are coming downstream don't have as much control, you know, because they're they're moving with the current, right? So they're traveling faster where the guys going up or, you know, not going that fast, you know, it's fairly slow, but you know, when you, when you're just coming head to head and you got like a mob of boats all going one way, and then you got one boat coming through the middle going the opposite. I mean, it can get hairy really fast. Mm. I mean, granted, nobody's going to get hurt probably, but you know, <laughs> it could get, you know, boats could, there could be some paint, <laughs> there could be right. some paint yeah. swapping going on. Right. And I guarantee you there's going to be some, <laughs> cussing and you know yeah some choice words i'm sure um and that and then the other thing too is people using autopilots in those situations you know and it's like yeah you got an autopilot and you're on a on a course but that doesn't you that's it still doesn't the rules of the road you know of of boating is that you of everyone's obligation is to avoid a collision right so it doesn't matter if you got an autopilot that's heading you on a certain uh compass setting that still doesn't give you the right to uh run into someone you know and think that everyone else should just move around you but generally speaking if if everybody gives an, a little bit right then everybody's fine but it's the guys that don't give a little bit then that kind of cause cause all the hubbub so it is the beginning of March, and that means people are out and about looking for sheds. If you live in the Northwest or the West Coast in general, that probably means you've been, if you had a chance, been looking for blacktail sheds. While this can be extremely frustrating, what's not frustrating is finding cool new blacktail apparel. Uh, and you can find that all at prayingman.com, P-R-E-Y-I-N-G. Prayingman.com, where we specialized in Pacific Northwest apparel, specifically blacktail. And we've got some really cool new offerings up on the website right now. Stay tuned. We have a lot of really cool new information, new products, and new experiences coming to you guys very, very soon. So stay in touch. Check out the website, prayingman.com. Also, if you have a chance, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and we will keep you guys up to date with all the new designs and offerings coming out soon. So we appreciate it. Check it out, prayingman.com. 
We really appreciate all the support. All right, I want to backtrack just a, just a second to, so your clients, have you had the scenario where you had a relatively seasoned fisherman in the boat with you, and you notice that he's taking very, or she is taking very, very good notes on where you are, <laughs> what you're using, how fast you're going, time of day, water depth, all that stuff. How, how do you address that? Oh, that's fine. With I thought you're going somewhere else with oh, it. Well, go somewhere um, else then, if it's more fun. No, <laughs> no, that that's completely fine. I I love to uh, I love to help people catch fish. You know, like um, I I love an engaged group. You know, like people that are mm-hmm. engaged and paying attention to what they're what they're doing and wanting to um, learn. You want to catch fish and wanting to learn. Like mm-hmm. all, I literally no secrets off limits. All you know. I'll tell them what I'm doing exactly and whatever and why I'm doing it or whatever. Um, you know, I've had people take pictures of, of the setup and that's fine. I, I don't care. I mean, it's taken me a long time to figure out exactly how I rig everything, but it's a fairly good system. So if, if someone else can use that system, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but what I, what I was going to say is a lot of, for as being a guide, like I got a certain program that I'm running on my boat for each individual thing. And the best people are usually women. Um, because if you tell them to set it to 25 feet, they set it to 25 feet. Seasoned fishermen like have this other idea in their mind that they're like, Oh, I'm going to go to 28. And it's like, dude, the three feet's not making a difference. And, and you're, but you're potentially jamming me up behind you. Right. You know? So like, there's a reason why I'm telling you, you know, like, 25 on the front 35 in the middle 45 in the back if you go try to fish bottom on the front you're gonna get all screwed up in in the back rods or whatever you know so um yeah a lot of times it's honestly it's the experienced fisherman that can kind of uh jam you up a little bit you know have you ever had an argument women are great because they just generally as long as it's not your wife right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife would want to just do whatever she wants, but you know, other women just listen exactly and just do exactly what I ask them to do. You know, <clears throat> have you ever had an argument from a guy that who he just thought he was like a really good stick, and he's like, you know what? No, no. I, I really think we need to be fishing uh, uh, brown, like green dyed blue label. This this stuff. No, I haven't really had. It. I've never had um, had that. Uh, I mean, maybe like, I just, I just diffuse this situation and, and be like, you Get know, my boat. Yeah. This is, this is what we're doing. Like, it's my boat. I'm doing what the, I'm doing. You hired me like that. I'm, we're doing my thing. Um, yeah, I just haven't had, um, like I, I had one time where, um, where like the deeper rods were getting bit early on. And, you know, he was up in the front and was on a shallower rod and he was, I could tell he was kind of getting antsy, like, you know, seeing other people hook fish and whatever, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, trust, you know, like he'd ask like, okay, go deeper. I'm like, no, cause you know, it just, right. you know, we're trying to cover it all. And then all of a sudden, you know, just like <laughs> how it always works, the front rods lit up and they ended up catching the biggest fish of the, of the day. Like you know, it was like 35 pounds. And mm-hmm. it's like, see, I told you, like, you know, I, mm-hmm. I had confidence in it. You know, it's, you know, 
fishermen are are weird you know they you know a lot of people will be like oh man it was a spinner day today and it's like well i fished bait the whole day and we did good you know it's because they get one on a spinner first thing and then everyone switches over to spinner and they're like oh it's a spinner bait spinner day or whatever and i'm like man they they eat herring all their life and eat fish it's a chunk of meat they want to eat it like i i'm just more of a a bait guy so you know those days that everyone was or you know someone was saying oh man we all could get them on our spinners and i'm like yeah you probably switch over spinners right away too once you got the first one so you know i i'm i'm more of a stick to the i just generally don't make big big adjustments i pretty much decide my day the night before for the most part kind of have a game plan of what my plans you know plan is to do and uh generally don't don't vary too far from that you know i'm pretty much yeah i have the day pretty much planned out and uh pretty much stick to the program all right i got one for you so i do a lot of, i don't do a lot of a big river fishing like you do i do a lot of stream fishing you know tributary stuff so there's a concept of uh low holing that may be yeah. the most egregious sin <laughs> i found that one out firsthand <laughs> Um, in, you know, in, uh, river systems, right. And, and obviously you know what this is. Is there something, well, explain it to people that don't know what it is. Uh, well, I mean, it's, uh, basically in a river. So something flowing downstream, somebody in, if you're fishing, like say hot shotting or you're going down the river, somebody sliding in below you, right. Cutting you off, essentially fishing the whole, you fishing, fishing the water that you were just getting ready to fish. Right. Essentially. So I was just curious on troll, is there something similar to that? Like maybe somebody cutting upstream, you know, if you're trolling upstream, like somebody yeah. cutting in front of you going upstream or I, I don't know. You, you, well, you it me. can happen. I mean, there's, <laughs> and I mean, I'm guilty of this too. Like I knew it. If I'm running I knew up it. To do a, I knew it. I could hear it in your voice. <laughs> Sinner. If I'm running up to do a pass, you know, and, and there's like a good fisherman up ahead and like, they're like towards the top of the troll. And it's like it, my choice is to go in behind them or swing around and go in front of them. I'm going to go in front of them every time. <laughs> you know, like I'd rather, I would rather get the first little shot there, com- you know, get, little competitive. get the shot at them yeah. instead of being right in someone's wake. You know, but right. Um, yeah, I mean, I but like I said, you know, like I I know what the troll I want to do, and if if they're like, yeah, yeah, I'll just put in a little in front of them, and but. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- and there's no etiquette on that. You know, trolling right. is so such a broad area. You know, like it's just not it's just not really. It's a it's that a huge of a body deal. of but, water. But so if it's... someone does it to me, I'll be like, "You sucker!" Like, and it's not like <laughs> really. I'm not really like super pissed at them, but I'm yeah. like, "You son!" But then right. then it's like, "All right, game on, dude." Next time, I'm just dropping <laughs> it below you. You know, like you know, and it's more of a um, I don't know, you know. And it does happen where you drop in and whack one right in front of them that, you know, they probably would have got if you you didn't go before them, you know, but. All right. So without naming names, obviously, but are are there, are there, you know, are there the the players out there that does that everybody knows like this dude's going to cut me off every chance he can. He's going to, you know, he's going to use every trick up his sleeve, whether it's crossing lines or not that he's going to do just to put fish in the boat. 
I haven't, I don't know. I haven't witnessed that really like anybody that's like notorious for it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, because I mean, if if someone was notorious for it, then then you would, you know, people would just be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do it to him every time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a, um, oh I don't know, what would you say like a, just like an un, you know, that you just don't do it all the time or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's like kind of an unwritten rule or, or an you know, an etiquette or whatever, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been guilty of it for sure where I'm running up and I look and see someone, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, like, and it may be that they went ran a little further up than what I would normally run. And I'm like, I could either go in way up there mm-hmm. and go behind them or am I just going to short it a little bit and just drop in front of them and usually I'll choose that. Yeah. All right. I got one yeah. for you. Superstitions. Fishermen are very superstitious. Yeah. Are there um, any items of food that you prefer not to uh, come on? No, nah, man. Okay. No, you can bring bananas on the boat. Yeah, I don't care. baby. You can bring bananas on the boat. I don't care. Um, the one thing that I am superstitious about, and, and I and I do believe that it's, uh, um, it works, is that you got to be confident and like positive. Like when you have the Debbie Downers in the boat, they're like, "Oh, we always get skunked or whatever." That stuff screws the mojo up, dude. Yeah. Like. And I think what it is, honestly, is it's it's just that you don't pay attention to the details. Like, you know, if your herring's not really spinning that great, you know, if you're like Debbie Downey, you're like, oh, it doesn't matter anyway. I'm not going to catch anything anyway. Or, you know, <laughs> finding the bottom, like, oh, you know, close enough, whatever. I'm not going to catch one anyway. You know, like, and. Do you have any power? You know, <laughs> right. I'll, you know, uh, so I think positive yeah, and like thinking that you're going to catch a fish you know is is definitely like mm. you know it if i literally feel like i'm not going to catch a fish i'm like we might as well just go home and mm. like you know if that, if that's the the vibe i'm getting in and sometimes there's um you know like uh, all this stuff down here is like really tidal so you know there's certain times in the tide that are like better than others so you know, like when it's a slow day and we already had like a high tide in the morning and then we're getting past low water and nothing's happened you know it's like and and we're closer eight hours i'm like we can keep fishing a little longer if you want but you know there's just we're just not at a good part of any tide to where i'm like feeling really confident you know Mm -hmm. it's like if it didn't happen on on the high water and it didn't happen on the low water it's chances are it's not going to happen until maybe high water again but that's six hours away so you know um yeah, there's definitely times where you're just like, yeah, it's just not very fishy today, you know, and, and, uh, um, you know, I don't mind putting in extra hours if I feel like it's, you know, worth the, worth the effort. But, you know, I'm pretty brutally honest where I'm like, yeah, guys, you know, like today's just not the day. Um, you know, we made it through two tide changes and, and it didn't happen then. So like, I don't see it happening. You know, if you, whenever you got a line in the water, right, there's always a chance, but it's just, not feeling good about it you know mm. um so well you yeah. know uh, as far as a hunting comparison i mean we've all been there it's like as far as your your previous comment about people just kind of being debbie downers and stuff i mean we've all been there where you hunted four or five hours in the morning six hours you know into midday and you're like well i hunted this all out i'm just gonna pretty much beat cheeks back to the truck or back to the tent and you just 
quit hunting for the most part. Right. Cause you're just like, I'm just going to walk as fast as I can yep. to get back to this, you know, to, cause I'm hungry and yep. inevitably every time, you know, <laughs> you see, you yeah. jump, you jump something. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it makes it a difference for sure on the hunting too, you know, like just like glassing, you know, I mean, that, that's the thing that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're Debbie Downer or don't have, whatever you're just not glassing as good as you should and you know or not paying attention to i don't know anything you know whether it be tracks or or smells or whatever you know like if you're just not really keyed into it then you know you're definitely not giving yourself the best opportunity yeah attention to detail for sure yeah yeah Um, i mean just like walking through a clear cut instead of really like (laughs) taking your time and and glassing out in front and you know paying attention you know walk or walking with your head down right that you're just like head down like looking at your feet like boogieing through instead of you know head on a swivel and kind of you know going a little slower and or not paying attention to the wind what i mean there's all kinds of stuff right right you know when you're when you're keyed in and you're you're feeling good about it then you just act like every next step might show you what you're looking for you know Mm mm-hmm all right. So back to your clientele. Um, yeah. So what, and this really isn't an etiquette thing, but you know, just for anybody listening who, you know, maybe wants to, you know, give Dustin a call and, and set something up, but uh, you know, cause I've been there. I mean, we've all been there. Um, maybe you, do you, what is your situation as far as having uh, customers show up uh, ill-prepared for say <laughs> inclement weather or, you know, food or beverages or, you know, whatever yeah. it may be, rain. I mean, do you, do you get a lot of that or do you try to prep everybody as much as you can? Um, no, I mean, not, not a whole lot really. I mean, I would say that, um, most, most, um, have always come prepared, but I'm pretty, um, upfront with what they should wear for clothes. Like down in Astoria, sometimes you'll get the guy that's wearing shorts and it's like, yeah, dude, I, I get, I warned you that, you know, <laughs> in, in the Valley, it's a hundred degrees, but down here it's 70, but the wind blows and, you know, like, you know, it's just can be, it can be dang chilly in the winter or I mean, not winter in the uh, summertime, sometimes those mornings down at the coast. I mean, it's just, you know, it's drastically different down there than what it is in the Valley. You know, I mean, I'm a shorts dude, but I rarely wear shorts down there just because it's, even on the nicest day, it's usually, you know, there's some wind and you get a little splash and whatever. And it's just, you know, you don't need shorts, you, you know, pants are just fine. Um, but that's it, you know, on corporate groups, a lot of times there'll be people with like licensing issues sometimes. Um, and uh, I've had a few people be late and luckily it's never, it's never been like a mix, uh, mixed group. Cause I do do mixed groups, you know, where there might be like three of one group and two mm-hmm. of another or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will tell you that, um, if someone's not on time for my departure, um, I'm not fishing past eight hours for them. You know, I'm like, dude, I was here on time. You're not getting anything extra out of me because you couldn't get here on time or, or not have your license, you know, ready, which now with like the Oregon, um, phone app, it's not nearly as big of a deal. It's like, dude, we can sign on right now and get it taken care of. But, uh, I've had a couple corporate groups where guys didn't come 
prepared just because I wasn't personally talking to him. Right. You know, it's like some central dude that's putting it all on. And then these are just guys that are just getting to go on a free trip basically with, mm-hmm. for some corporate entity and on had some licensing malfunctions there where they had to run back into town to get, get the right stuff and all that. Do you get checked quite a bit anymore What's or that? do you get checked quite a bit? Not really. I mean, occasionally, but not really. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, it's like I want them to be licensed up proper and all that. Oh, yeah. And yeah, for sure. The last thing I want to have happen is, you know, get get a fish in the boat. And then they're like, oh, I don't have my license or whatever. And then I have to deal with that. So, yeah. I got, I got one. I got one for you. Handling a fish. Yeah. Okay. So in a world that we live in today with yeah the, the uh, you know the this like we got to take care of what we got right yeah so yeah for sure do you see yep. anything do you see a lot of that or is uh, on the river do yeah you, there's does everybody a, pretty much have it figured out like how you how you should handle a native fish yeah I would I wouldn't say everybody's got it figured out um, you know if if I know that it's one we can't keep I'll try not to net it if I can you know and just pop the hooks right alongside the boat. Um, if we do net it and, you know, like I get a lot of people where it's like their first salmon. If it's one we can't keep, you know, we'll net it and I'll put the net in, you know, handle inside the boat and I'll be like, all right, get, get your camera ready. And then I'll pop hooks out and then I'll just bring it up real quick and like get in here and get a picture and then send it on its way. You know, um, you don't want to put your hands in the gills. Um, you know, if you, you don't want to squeeze them, you know, you want to try to, you don't want to touch them with a dry hand, you know, so like wet your hand, grab them by the wrist of the tail. And then I, what I like to do is go up underneath the pack fins with my other hand, you know, and you kind of like wedge them with that, you know, kind of pulling against the tail up a, mm. to the pack fins. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty good way to handle them. Um, but generally I just handle them and then let the clients, you know, get in and get their, get their quick uh, picture and then send them on their way. What's the best uh, type of net, in your opinion, for for if you're going to if you're going to net a wild some, fish to take a picture? Yeah, there's some pretty net? net or fish friendly um, nets. Like Beckman has one uh, that's like a, a rubber coated small mesh. So um, you know the the normal nylon ones, and I do have a nylon one too. Um, they're really hard on the fins, you know, it, you get a lot of fin damage with those, um, where the smaller mesh, um, doesn't, you know, it's more fish friendly and that's generally what I use. And, and, and it's got a shallower basket too, like coho or coho are the ones that are really bad because they have a tendency to thrash in the net and then get all spun up, you know, like you got hooks in there, right. And then they're all spinning up and the hooks get caught in the net and then they're like trapped in there. But on all that stuff, I generally try to keep them in the water alongside the boat, you know, so that at least they can breathe a little bit and then, uh, you know, try to safely get the hooks out of them as quick as possible. And, and a lot of times on the coho, I'll just like turn the net inside out and let them, you know, don't even take them out of the net. Um, cause coho too, their, their tails like collapse They're They don't have the rigidity of like a Chinook. So they are a bear to grab by the tail and get out of the net. The, the tail just gives way and like, slides through your hand you know it's it's they're kind of an annoying annoying fish to deal with and they're not very hardy too that's the other thing that stinks about them is they 
you look at them sideways and they're thinking they want to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about water temperature? Do you ever find yourself like having the clients horse them in more because maybe, maybe you're dealing with hot water, you know, not as much oxygen. So yeah. you're just like, get them in. <laughs> I don't it's know. definitely an issue. Yeah. Um, it's definitely an issue. And, and that's partly too, why I run fairly heavy gear and, and a pretty tight drag. You know, I generally, uh, put the screws to them, um, pretty hard to try to just get them, you know, get them landed as quick as possible. And then, and, and, you know, a big, long drawn out fight is not good either. Um, but when you're, when you're fishing in, you know, 70 degree water, it, it is, it's not, uh, it's not great for the fish, but it is what it is. And, you know, in the Columbia, we, we have to use barbless, which does make a big difference. You know, the, the fish aren't nearly as, uh, don't have nearly the amount of damage, you know, um, from hooks and stuff. And it's pretty easy to get the hooks out. And, uh, um, the other nice thing is we are using more spinners down there now, um, than, before you know and and using the 360 flashers and they don't seem to get as deep hooked as much as uh um as the triangle flashers you know on on that stuff too because it's such a moving target for them they're they just can't choke it down very good uh as far as the spinners go they can't choke the spinners down yeah yeah because i don't know if you guys have ever fished the 360s but they that's kind of the the rage thing now um it's just that the lure action on it mm-hmm. so they just don't they can't come up behind it and it, it's not like a little thing that's just sitting there going in a straight line it's whipping all around so they they don't um they just don't choke on it usually as good as what they did on the when it's just a really stagnant presentation where they can really come up and just suck it all the way down yeah, you know yeah okay gotcha yeah hmm all right, I do have uh, so the fun- final question I have for you, sure. Justin. We'll let you go here soon. Um, this is a big one. Intoxicated guests on your boat. <laughs> you got to have some good stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, for the, the most is this part, a trip it's with you all good. And, and and I say they they can drink, you know, but I do. I also am very upfront with them on that. It's like, well, you know, it's it's a fine line of you know having enough to have fun and still be able to perform your duties right, of, right. of the fishing trip. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then being the guy that's just like passed out, I do. The one story I will tell you on that was, uh, I had this guy that worked with my wife and he was all excited to go fishing. He had never fished before and he's going to bring his son, you know? So he shows up to the dock, you know, like before daylight and he's, I mean, he is excited, man. I mean, he is like, just, Oh, I've been waiting for this forever. And, and, uh, I had two other people on the boat that were not part of that group. And, uh, he, he cracks a beer, like right at, you know, right when he goes, you know, and he's just living his best life, you know, and it was like a big, like 24 ounce, like, you know, 24 ouncer and he's drinking it and, and his son's having a good time. And, his son caught a fish like right off the bat, like, you know, and the son's just jacked up, you know, he's like caught his first fish, you know, never did only like trout fish before. So it was his first big fish and his son's having a ball and his dad's like, Oh man, that's awesome. You know? And so then he's over there drinking and we didn't go very far. 
and his rod, the dad's rod just folds over. And I'm like, oh, there's one right there. And he's just like looking at it. (laughs) I'm like, you can go and get it. And so he like kind of got out of his seat and he reeled the fish in and then we landed it. And then he puked. (laughs) He got it all over the boat, all outside the boat. Well, no, he got it outside the boat, but he got seasick, you know, and yeah, you know, but it was from his drinking, I think. And, uh, um, he, uh, <laughs> got got sick or whatever and i mean i could tell i was like oh i thought you were a little slow to get up and go get your rod you know and he's like yeah man i just don't feel good so i'm like well what do you want to do and he's like well if it's no big deal you can just take could you take me and my son back in so they weren't even on the boat for like an hour and a half or whatever oh. so we took them back in i flayed their fish vacuum packed them sent them on their way and then i took the other two guys out and and we ended up having like a banner day with with those two guys, and uh, we, you know we we all laughed at his expense. We're like, yeah, that guy didn't know quite what he's getting into. He's like, you know, he'd never been on the river; he'd only been in lakes, you know. But uh, yeah. I think it was a little bit of brown bottle fever and you know some some motion of the <laughs> motion of the river. You do, know, do you get a lot of that? Do you get a lot of folks kind of getting getting a little seasick, a little motion sickness? <laughs> up here not so much but down in Astoria every year yeah I'll usually have um you know there's a lot of boat wakes down there and then you do get some swell that comes into the river so it happens a little bit but not a not a ton but um I've had to take a couple people back um because I'm not a jerk like that I mean and and it it (laughs) does stay in you're staying it does well yeah (laughs) You know, it sucks, but I mean, that's no fun for anyone. But I've also had several people that are sicker than dogs that stick it out and want to stay and keep doing it, you know? So I'm like, which that's, that's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, I, (laughs) I'll tell you a wife story real quick too. Um, so the ocean was like on fire. This was like three or four years ago. The ocean was on fire and we were getting crabs and stuff. And I had, I had went out on, on a Saturday and we limited out super fast and uh i didn't have a trip for sunday so i i was like looking at the forecast and i'm like oh man it's like great you know like great conditions you know i'm like let's take the kids you know and we'll just run out in the ocean drop crab pots we'll go get our limited salmon then we'll come back in and you know bring some crab home and you know just like stock our own freezer you know because a lot a lot of times we just end you know i end up giving letting my clients take the fish that any fish that I land to. And, um, so they, uh, so she's like, okay. So I get a hold of a couple buddies. I'm like, Hey, we're going to go out and just do a grocery run real quick if you want to go. So we, we go out and as soon as we get out past the bar, I'm like, damn, it's rougher than what it was yesterday. You know, it's like we dropped crab pots and we're running out to our numbers where we were going to go, which was like 12 miles out, you know, so it was a ways out there, you know, so it was a little bit of a run. And, uh, we put in and dude, it's like literally on fire right off the bat. Like we triple right off the bat and three keepers laying on the boat, you know, like, and just flopping around. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is going to be great. And I look forward at my wife and she like, right then like goes and pukes overboard. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh no, you know? And she looks, she gives a look at me and, and my buddies look at me. Like they give me the look to like, Oh dude. And I'm like, I'm like, can you make it or do you want to go in? And she's like, 
uh, you know, like, I don't want to be out here. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, reel them up. So like, we got three fish, you know, dead, like not, three nice salmon. So we go in and we get some, you know, pick up the crab pots. Cause you know, like when you say to go in, it's not like you just snap your fingers and you're in. Right. I mean, it's like, yeah, it takes a it's while. a slog back. And then we go, got to pick up the crab pots, go in across the bar, you know, get in and drive all the way back to the boat ramp. And that, my poor wife was sick for like two days. Like she had motion oh. sickness and it didn't go away for like two days. I mean, she didn't get sick anymore, but she was just feeling like horrible, you know, for two days worth. And you can't even get her to, she's not interested in going in the ocean at all anymore. She's just, <laughs> nope, not going to do it. So yeah. Had, had she, had she gotten sick before going out? I don't, I don't think so. I want to say that was the first time I ever took her out in the ocean, though. Mm-hmm. But the fishing was so good. I just wanted them all to experience it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I'm like, dude, the kids are going to have a ball. We're going to go out there and just beat them, you know? And and, it, and that's what it was going to be, but we just couldn't stick it out long oh, enough. I mean, man. I mean, I, it, I'm i literally like, we put rods in the water, and it was like three fish. It was just insanity right yeah. off the get-go. You know, it was, it was one of those could have been an epic day mm-hmm. <laughs> but the seasickness god's got got in the way of that i guess so yeah man that can that can as you know that that can that can hamper any it doesn't matter how good the fishing is i mean if you get somebody that's yeah. just 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 can't take it it's tough yep all right you got, any, tr- you got anything else you want to add dustin anything else I that we missed think, i think we pretty much got it covered i mean everyone get along and like just uh you know work as a team you know that um you know like when we were talking about like the bank and boat there's there's a a spot in washington that i used to fish that was the most um was the greatest like bank to boat teamwork that i've ever seen in my life like just we would hover fish and when when you're in the boat, if you were coming through like hovering, you know, you're kind of, it's kind of like back bouncing, but you're, you're going very, very slow and you're like fishing straight below the boat. When you come up to a bank guy, a bank guy reel up and let you drift through and then they just plunk in right behind you, you know, like, and everyone got along, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh. But yet other places you'll just, <laughs> it's like cussing, throwing rocks at each other, <laughs> and, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's just so weird how, some areas people get along really good and other areas they don't. I don't know. It's funny. You think that's, do you, you think that, you know, that like that type of mindset, is that just something that's probably passed down from generation to generation? Like, probably. Oh, you know, those, those boat guys, you know? Yeah, probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It is weird how it, it, you know, it can be just fine and dandy in one area and other areas are uptight. You know I mean? It's the same thing for, like anchor fishing there's some areas where boats are literally tied off to each other you know like to where they got bumpers out and they're tied off to each other and then other areas you know if you get within 10 or 20 feet everyone they're thinking that you're crowding them so yeah it's it's weird it's a it's a different it's weird how that all works you know on what's too close and what's plenty of room you know so what what what's your like if you could go out and and fish for some species that you haven't because you obviously got this pretty dialed in in the northwest but like what if you could go out do a fishing trip with a guide perhaps yeah. or or solo whatever but what what would you like to go pursue? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind doing, I've never done the like Marlin or anything like that. Um, or maybe tarpon or something. I don't know. Some of that stuff sounds really intriguing. Um, the only thing that uh, against the marlin fishing is, gosh, I just you you talk to people, and more more often than not, it's a boat ride. You know, like they, they don't catch anything, and you know that's uh, you know that's a sounds like there's a lot of scams out there on that. You know, like Mexico and stuff. Oh yeah. You know it's, where it's, I just I don't know. I've heard of way more horror stories of like trolling around and not catching anything you know and not the best gear and not the best boat and all that stuff you know right so i don't know but then again i wouldn't mind just going somewhere where you could catch a bunch of big chinook salmon too i'd be down with that nice nice yeah something that gives you a good tug or, or were you looking for me to say walleye? Like trophy well, walleye? I was hoping, but obviously, you know, <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> you know what really turns my crank is largemouth bass. We got uh, a real, yes. we got a real nice sunfish bite down no, here right now. Yeah. Oh, gosh, darn it! Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to make Nate mad. You know, if you, if you, if you, he's all about the ditch pickles. So uh. I, 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 if yeah. he's listening, I don't want to offend him. He will, and you and yeah, and he, you will offend him. <laughs> I'm on the list. I'm well, on whatever. The list. I don't think Nate's capable of that. So, uh, <laughs> hey, listen, man, we appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's fun. Guys. I know it's getting late, but we'll do this again. We got you lined All up right. for a couple other podcasts. You just don't know about it yet. Yeah, so. sounds good, man. All right, buddy. Hey, appreciate. Right, oh, so hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go, okay. uh, listen. If somebody wants to get a hold of you and go on a quality Northwest, it's uh, 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 just a it's a real Northwest fishing experience. Yeah. How how do they get a hold of you? Uh, you can they can um, find me on Facebook, uh, Down to Fish Guide Service on Facebook, or Dustin Stansbury, uh, Dustin Stansbury on Facebook, or uh, call or text. Um, yeah. All right. We'll put we'll put some links in uh, okay. in there for uh, for anybody that's interested. Dustin is Sounds top good. notch, dude. We've been out with you. It's it's a blast. It's just everything's first class. So we appreciate yeah. it, man. All right, buddy. You guys have a good night. All right, you too, man. Thanks. Talk to you later. Bye bye.